Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out uh, our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, So as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart and bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Yes, but we did. We did have fun. Uh, and, uh, and it was uh, powerfully life-changing uh, for, for all, I believe, um, who were in attendance. Uh, I, I was thinking of um, you know, Mark, Mark chapter 5. Where, where Jesus comes and, and sets the man free uh, who's possessed with legions. And, uh, and he's just completely changed and, and transformed uh, Jesus doing for him what no one else could do. And then Jesus tells him to, to go home and testify. Uh, go home and tell what God uh, has done. Uh, so we want to give our, our youth opportunity and our children uh, to testify and uh, tell what the Lord has has done uh, in their lives. This is always a, a fun and exciting part uh, of camp, uh, and uh, one of the reasons I get so excited about the Sunday after camp, because we get to hear these uh, wonderful testimonies. And, and let me just tell you, the Lord is up to some things. He is, he is moving and working, uh, and it's, it's very exciting. So, so uh, any testimonies? Do you have any? Anybody wanting to come on, Camille? Look at that hand up. Praise the Lord. Okay, well, at camp, we all had a really great time, and it was just a great experience for all of us. And I remember this one time, Miss Lynn came up to me and she said, All right, Camille, Miss Joy handed out some extra verses to be camper of the year, so here you go. And I said, what? <laughs> I about burst into tears when she told me that because I, I was just rejoicing on my bed because I was done. <laughs> and she said, you have to do them to become camper of the year. And I said, give them here. <laughs> and she, she held out those things for me. And then she said, psych. I, uh, I almost fell off my bed. <laughs> yep. But it was just a great experience for all of us. And... We had fun, and we praised the Lord, and that's what church camp is all about. So, yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we make them a, well, we don't make them, but we give them opportunity to uh, memorize as much scripture as they would like, uh, and, uh, you know, that may be one of the more powerful, life-changing things that happens at, at camp that nobody even realizes. Yes. Um, anybody else? Elizabeth? Okay, I'll try not to go too long. But um, last, uh, the year before at Kids Quest Grow, God gave me a word. He said that, the plant that was, set, that was planted in the kids that grow would have time to grow. It would be watered and nurtured, and the next camp that they would come to, there would be a harvest. 
that they would be in the kingdom of God, that they would be ready to serve and ready to, to lead. And so I was so excited. I was so pumped because I couldn't wait till the next camp. And then 2020 happened and we didn't have one. And I was kind of discouraged because I wasn't sure if the seed was going to last, the drought. I wasn't sure if they were going to get the water and the sunlight and the nutrients that they needed home alone without a camp to go to. And I wasn't even sure if we were going to have an opportunity for them to do that. And so when, when we had camp just a week ago on Thursday night, I realized that that was the harvest and that they didn't wither or die, that they were more rooted than they had ever been before. Sure, they were hungry and thirsty, but they were fed. Do you all know how photosynthesis works? Okay, here's kind of like a rough like, sketch of how it works, right? We breathe out carbon dioxide, which feeds the plant. It gives it glucose in order for it to survive. And with a little water and, ox and, and, and sunlight, it produces oxygen. Okay, so at camp, we received our carbon dioxide. We're fed and energized and ready to go. And we're ready to produce oxygen, the living breath of Jesus Christ for those who have not been able to breathe for months. They've been suffocating, begging for oxygen, begging to get a little bit of breath. And we're ready to give it to them. So your job as adults, the younger generations ready to leave, lead, your job is to mentor and to encourage, and to pray, because a movement is coming of oxygen. And that's all I have to say. Well, amen. I'm just, I'm just thinking on that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, we'll just have to meditate on that a little while. I wish you'd just go ahead and preach, you know. I wish. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Dawson. It's really personal. But I just wanted to share it because it's crazy how God works. Before, like, okay, like, even after Emerge, I kept asking myself, how do you know when you feel that God's talking to you? Like, everybody's saying that, oh, I felt God and this and that. And I'm like, how do I know if I feel it or not? And then I think it was Wednesday or Thursday that they said at one of the little small things that God speaks to you through other people. And then Thursday night, we were sitting there, and they were talking about receiving gifts. And, like, just look at, like, God has got a gift for every single one of you. And we all just got into worship. And, like, two or three people came up to me and told me the exact same thing. They told me that my gift was to speak. I've, I've never heard it. I've never heard anything from God. I've never, I've never, like, felt it. But after that, like, legit, I feel like he has touched me, and I hear from him every single day. That's, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't know if you guys see it or not, but the, the Lord is raising, raising up right here in a little old life change church. Preachers. 
And who knows what, who knows what God may do? Every prayer, every, every tithe, every gift, every labor, every work is worth it, isn't it? If out of this place start coming young men and women of God who will proclaim the gospel of Jesus' name. Yes. Anybody else? I think, I think Lauren, I think she, no, no, I, I think she just edged you out, and, yeah. Okay, I'm back. Hi. Um, so, I wasn't going to say anything, because I spoke after Emerge, but I was sitting right there, and God was like, no, get up. So, here I am. Um, so, on Thursday, this wasn't even um, during one of the sessions, I was sitting on my bed that night with two of the girls that we had met. And we're all just talking about different things that God's done in our lives. And um, that day, somebody talked about hearing God and doing what he does. And we both said, how, how do you know if it's God? Because, like, there's always, there's so many voices, you know. And it's like, how, which one's God? Which one's you? Which one's the enemy? And we talked about it, and it was and our um, counselor. She told us, God speaks kindly to you. And then the next night... I think it was Pastor Al that spoke. That could be completely wrong. but <laughs> And he said that, you know, he, he told us that, um, to come up and lay down all of the things that the enemy has given us that we don't need and to ask God for his strength and his love and his courage. And I got up there and I, th- and I thought about the things that I needed to get rid of and I needed to lay down. And then, then there was this voice. And it was like, well, why are you giving up this and not this? Why are you giving up this when you when maybe you should give up this? And I just thought about it and I was like, which one's God? Which one's the enemy? Which one's God? Which one's me just thinking? And then the next day, they preached about how you know which one's God. So Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Mason? Hello. Bringing his Bible. So while I was at camp, I experienced a lot. Um, I went through a very, very dark past. And when I went to camp, I was just thinking, what's going to happen to me next? Um, while we were having our meetings with ILEAD, Tanner was speaking. The Holy Spirit really hit me hard when he was speaking. I don't know why, but it just did. Um, God spoke to me saying, I want you to speak. I want you to teach my word. And once I got home, I found a verse. In, it's in Romans. Tanner told me this, to read Romans. And I was reading last night, and Romans 12, 6 through 8, Eight says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If your teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If you are given, giving, give it. Or my dyslexia, my bad. If it is... Giving, give generously. 
if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do gladly. As I read that, I broke it in tears because God told me to serve. And I found that verse, and it stuck to me like glue on paper. And it just really hit me that God gifted me with serving and teaching others because I would have never thought that he would have gifted me that because of how far deep in my grave I was. And he just pulled me right out of my grave, as the song said. Or how did it go? Yeah, get up, get up, get up, get out of that grave. It was just immaculate of what he did. So that's really all I had to say. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God can get Mason up out of his grave. And he can use Tanner Brady. All things truly are possible, aren't they? Yes. Hallelujah. Joy's coming. Everybody's already preached, so I'm not going to preach. But I did want to share this with you guys. So... Life Change Church, you make this happen. Okay, It's a conference ministry, but Life Change Church has sown seeds this past week that are going to be eternal seeds all over the world. And we had a, we had a last-minute gift last week, and we were able to buy every single Kids Quest kids a Bible from Life Change Church. And give it to them on Thursday during the morning session. They received the most precious gift they could have possibly received. And we were able to do that because of your giving and your sacrifice and your labor. And we're going to see a harvest from that. I just want to prophesy that we're going to see a harvest from that. And so I just wanted to thank you guys so much for helping us fundraise for selling grill tickets, for selling Boston butts, for doing everything that you did this past, this past year to get all of our kids and leaders to camp because you guys led the way. You led the way in it. So thank you all so much. Amen. So good. Anybody else? Lid. So every morning, Miss Lynn would put on this awful song. <laughs> <laughs> and it would just wake everyone up in, in, the, in the girls' cabin. And we would, we would all sit on our bed, except for me. I would just lay down on my bed, cover my face with my covers. Like, I just don't want to get up. <laughs> and then Monday, Monday morning, she said on that song and God, and, and God, and God spoke to me. He's, he's, he said, you, you don't, you, you can get up when you want, and oh, this, you, you can, 
you can have the world in you and you get the seed planted in you when you want to wake up. Every morning, Miss Wynn would put on that song and I would wake up when I want. Good job, Lyd. <laughs> yes, Jacob. I'm not sure if you were. So on Thursday, like the God, God is just moving through all of us up at the altar, and. I had someone come up to me and say that you may be the youngest and the smallest, but you can do powerful things with, through your smile and through God. And I just, I just, that's, I've been really thinking about that here lately. And I've been really just, last night I stayed up just highlighting stuff in my Bible and all. And that's, that's it. Jacob, Jacob, come here. Thank you, Lloyd. You're as tall as I am. <laughs> the giant of a man right there. Mm. Anybody else? Thank the Lord for the rain. Tanner's coming from the back. I'm just looking, looking at everybody. Oh, Tanner. Woo! Okay, I promise you I won't keep you as long as I did last time. Because um, I wasn't going to get up here and speak because I didn't really feel like I had much to, you know, I, God wasn't telling me to come up here. Um, but I just want to tell you this. Be obedient to whatever the Lord tells you. Because when you're obedient to what he tells you, and when, when you don't run from it, when you run to it, the Lord will bless you with opportunities that you, will, you, know, you, wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have received had you run from it. So... Amen. Praise the Lord. Julie? So I got the privilege to work with the iLead kids, and I love it, but not just the iLead kids, but the little kids. Thursday night, we had just an amazing service, and I hadn't actually been to a camp service like that probably since warfare camp days. Um, but I just want to say to the church... Get ready, because I've seen these kids worship. I've seen them begin to minister each other. I've seen them begin to pour in to, to one another and get into their word. And, and the Holy Spirit <laughs> fell on some of them big time. Uh, they began to speak in tongues. And, and I just feel like the church needs to get ready, not just our church, but the whole church, the body of Christ, just needs to get ready because these guys are going to be the one that are going to bring revival to America. 
And I challenge you, adults and parents, to get them to church. Because if they begin to stray again, and they begin to not make church a priority in their life, then it's not going to happen. So make it a priority. Don't make the beach a priority. Don't make the lake a priority. Don't make sleeping in a priority. Get them to church. Get them to church. Be devoted to the church. If you love God, be devoted to him and come to church and just get ready and see what God's going to do through them. Lord, praise the Lord. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Avery? So I really didn't think I had anything to say for this camp because a lot of the things that happened were really personal and I just didn't feel the need to share them yet. But I had the privilege of forming a really close bond with one of the little girls there. And she means a lot to me personally. And one night she came to me crying and she told me what was upsetting her. And I got to pray over her and minister to her. And it just made me realize how important it is for these kids to get rooted in the Lord so they can grow up in the word and like have that so they can fight those battles. I think it was Uncle Jason who says this like every year, but he talks about how the word is like a sword and that's how you fight your battles in this life. And after I finished praying over her, one of my friends, I hadn't known her for very long at all, but she came up to me and she told me that I was the woman of God in this little girl's life. And I really needed to keep ministering to her throughout the year because she needed it in her life. And that just meant a lot to me personally, and I wanted to share it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all should, y'all should watch Avery move around the altar and pray for people. It's pretty, she's definitely anointed. Anybody else? Yeah, man. Come on. Okay, so Thursday night. This is my first time being here. And we were sit we were sitting down about to start uh worshiping. And I was I wasn't I probably wasn't gonna go I was gonna go up there, probably sing a little bit. Not really do that much. Then I heard something. I just, I just felt God talking to me. And he said, Preston, you need to go over there. You go preach like you've never preached before. So that's exactly what I did. I preached. I prayed for everyone. That's all I need to say. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So good. So good. So good. Thursday night, the kids broke out into worship, if, if you don't know, and it was like the enemy was completely silenced, and everyone could hear the leading of the Holy Spirit, and, and everyone did, and moved, and spoke, and praise the Lord. Anybody else? Uh, 
Pastor. After the sessions after Monday, um, mainly the night sessions, um, when we were worshiping and praying, um, I realized how much God talks to you and how much he can touch and fill your heart with his joy and happiness. And um, I just, and that was my first year, and I really felt um, changed after that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Here comes Parker. Um, when everybody got around the um, Everybody got up and um, started worshiping, and everybody crowded around each other. I just knew how God put their hand on every single one of y'all. And how God touched everyone's heart and healed every single one of them. That's all. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Come on, Mason. Say two things to us. Well, God has really put me through a lot of struggles. He's strengthened my soul. He really has built me for the future. And this year really hit me. I really got wiser, and my I really started understanding things. Like, I don't know what happened, but it just clicked in me. And if it wasn't for all the I lead and all the other kids in there, I would not be the person I am today. And I really appreciate that of y'all, and I just wanted to say thank you. And that's about it. <laughs> Amen. One week at camp and he's gotten wiser. Praise the Lord. He's even graying a little bit on the ends there, I think. Anybody else? Sure, Keisha. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I'm not a public speaker at all, that's for sure. But if y'all have not experienced camp, go. Even if you don't go to be a leader, come and see what these kids do. Come on a Wednesday night. I can tell you Thursday nights are usually the powerful nights, so just come. It, it's fantastic. You don't even know what comes out of these kids each night. Each night gets better and better and better. You have to experience this, I'm telling you. I missed two years of camp, and I cried every year that I didn't go. So just come and see what happens to these kids there. It is amazing. Amazing. 
All of these kids right here, I've known since they were like this tall, and they have grown spiritually so, so much. So come. I promise you, if, just come. It's amazing. Yes, praise the Lord. Come on. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't actually go to Life Change, but I've been relating to, like, all these people since forever in a day. <laughs> um, but I actually just wanted to ask for a prayer because this week I told the Lord, I was like, I was offered a really big opportunity in Nairobi, Kenya, um, to work with a project called the Regrace Project, and they do street ministry. Um, and it's not safe at all, <laughs> but sometimes God doesn't call you to safe um, because he's God and he's in control and he can do that. Um, but I knew at the end of the week that I would have an answer. So Thursday night, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Lauren, I already gave you peace on it. So I committed to stay in for a minimum of three months in Kenya, um, to work with this ministry, but I need prayer <laughs> because I cannot do it on my own. I'll be alone in Nairobi and the missionaries in Kenya will be back in the States. So I'd be one of the only Americans there, and the only people that I'd be relating to would be Native Kenyans. So please just pray for me. My name is Lauren Sisk. Just pray for me, and just if you ever get a word or you ever hear the Lord say something, shoot them a text to shoot me. Um, but yeah, just pray. So the Lord speaks at camp, just so y'all know. <laughs> yeah, amen. So Thursday night, the Lord spoke to you. Yeah. yeah. Praise the Lord. We will, we will pray. Um, actually, I'd like at the, at the end, I'd, I think I'd like everybody to gather up and we'll just stretch out hands and just pray. Um, anybody else? Going once. Going twice. All right. Oh, Tucker's coming. So, oh gosh. <laughs> so there was one morning, I, um, Austin walked in the room with the siren, and he turned it on, and I was so annoyed. <laughs> and I just put my head back over the covers, and I'm like, I just want to go back to sleep. <laughs> and then, and then, um... That night, I think it was Thursday. Actually, wait. I, I forgot. <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and then. Um, and then we go to morning service, and then, um, was it? Yeah, it was Thursday. And then, um, yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the kids love being messed with early in the morning. <laughs> uh, Proverbs does say that songs sung loudly in the morning will be taken as a curse. <laughs> 
or, or foghorns or sirens. Mm. Anybody else? Is there anybody else? Praise the Lord. All right. Here we go. Okay. Very good, guys. Way to testify. Yes. Grammy wants to say something. She doesn't have to come up the stage. Let me tell you how this grandmother was blessed. Twelve of my grandchildren were at camp this week. Oh, my goodness. And I, I had not had a chance to go in several years because I've been keeping the little ones. This year, the only little one that didn't get to go to camp and I didn't keep was Blake, the baby of the family. So that was a tremendous blessing to me. And life changed charge. I just want to say, this ministry is our heart. It's our purpose. You know, we think about reaching the community and that kind of, you limit your mind to just around here or trying to reach people, bring lost people in. But as our ministers go from here and minister to all of the people, all of the kids, even staff at camp, y'all, we're reaching a lot of communities through children, through families, through parents, whose children have gone to camp, whose their lives have been changed. So I just want to say, you know, sometimes since maybe you haven't been to camp and seen the work of God there, that you might not realize that you're a part, we're a part, life change, we are a part of a missionary ministry to many, many. And I just praise God. Yes, praise the Lord. I'm very thankful for it. Um, anybody else? Okay. Uh oh, comes Henry. Well, God hit me and said, You, you got to go to church. Uh, then some, then then I then I changed when I went to camp, and all the people here just prayed. Yeah. Good job, Henry. Praise the Lord. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Um, well, let's take a few moments and look into Scripture, and then we'll we'll gather and and pray together. Um, I want to. We we have been talking about uh, being spirit led, uh, and uh, it's one of the things that I think we heard testified is that some of these uh, young people are desiring that and wanting to learn. Uh, more and more how to be uh, led by uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, so let's dive back into that here for a few moments um, and, and, uh, and just uh, 
see how the Lord will uh, speak to us and, uh, and lead us. Um, we've uh, been taking our main verses for this series out of the book uh, of Ephesians, uh, which is a you know, wonderful, uh, powerful, uh, only, only six chapters, uh, power-packed <laughs> uh, part of the New Testament. Uh, as you know, Paul, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this little book of Ephesians uh, somewhere in my early 20s, like maybe actually 20, 21. It was early on. The Lord really uh, stirred in my heart to to focus a lot of in, a lot of my study time in that in that little six uh, chapters, and um, and I've, I've not really stopped. Uh, it's amazing how vast the Word of God is. That just six chapters you can study for twenty some years of your life and still look into it and and study it some more. But you know when you're you know you can look at the book of Ephesians several ways. But 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 one of the things that you see is is that Paul starts off in, in chapter one and he's kind of he's kind of speaking uh, to us about those who have gone uh, before us, um, but. Not, not that we're excluded from anything that he says. He very clearly, in Ephesians 1, brings us into the conversation and connects us with everything that he said. But, but what, he, what, what he does is he, is he actually kind of talks, moves from talking about we as like in himself and the apostles and kind of the, that first church. And he, and he really points to us and speaks to us. But he doesn't didn't use the word us. He like specifically points and speaks to you and says, you know, you. So it's a very, a very focused, uh, intentional uh, directing of the Word of God to each and every one of us as individuals. And then as you, as you get into, uh, well, even at the end of chapter 1 and, and you start moving into chapter 2, there's still a conversation about uh, you. But as, as you move into the book a little bit further, um, chapter 3, a little bit of it in chapter 1, starts to get into it, chapter 2, chapter 3, uh, and, and into chapter 4, there is the, the bringing into the conversation, the church. Um, so, you know, it starts out with this, this beauty and, and power and importance of you as the individual, and then kind of moves into this beauty and power and importance of the church. Uh, and, and then as you, as you get into chapter 5, uh, he also brings into the conversation, chapter 5 and into chapter 6, the, the beauty and power uh, of, the, of the family unit of husband and wife and, and children. So you've got, you know, in that six chapters and, and, and addressing of you as the individual, as individual uh, and addressing of you as the church, and then an addressing, uh, an addressing of, the, of the gathering of yous, right? You don't have a we without a you. You don't have a, a church without uh, um, you gathering together. And then he also moves in and speaks to uh, to the importance and the and the power of the family. And and these are not like in any way separate. They're all weaved together and and so important to one another. So you know what I mean. So there's not like a speaking to you that's separate from a speaking to the church. They're they're together in that, and there's not like a speaking to the family that is separate from speaking to the church. The, the family and you and the church, we're all, uh, all together in that uh, letter of Ephesians. As a matter of fact, 
you know, one of the reasons that Paul speaks to the family uh, is, to, is to help us to understand the relationship between Christ and the church. There's that, you know, amazing part of Ephesians 5 where he's talking to husbands and wives and he reminds us that, that a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two, two will become one flesh. And he says, this is a profound mystery. He says, but, but really what I want to talk to you about is Christ and the church. That it is, that it is when, when a man and a woman come together in marriage, they become one. And he says, that's, that's a picture of what takes place with Christ and the church. That when we come together with Christ, that we are one with him. And so as the church, if we are one with Christ, then that means that we are one with one another, that, that there's no longer two, but all is in Christ, and Christ is all, and we are all together as one uh, body. We are, we are truly uh, family, uh, probably, I, I, not probably, definitely, that God sees us more so the body of Christ as family, than he does actual like physical blood family. That we are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus and that we are all one. That's why it's, it's truly in the church that there's an end to so many conflicts and, and so many difficulties because, because we're changed and transformed and we come together as one. Now, also in this in this book of Ephesians, we, uh, we uh, see kind of peppered all throughout the book. You know, you can, you can find it in chapter 1. Uh, you can certainly find him in uh, chapter 2. Uh, there's, there's the clear mention uh, of him in chapter 6, and that is, the, that is the mentioning of our enemy and the working of uh, our uh, enemy. We, we see it in chapter 2. You know, we see it uh, very clearly um, in chapter in chapter four. Uh, was it, is it verse twenty seven? It's been a long, long week here. Uh, chapter four, verse twenty seven. Is it twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight? Somewhere there, Scott. The the one that I wanted to highlight right there is is to not give the devil a foothold. Um, twenty six, twenty seven. I'm all over it. Did I say 27 right off the bat, or did I say 28? Huh? I, I got it somewhere in there, yes. It says here, so, verse 27, uh, so do not give the devil a foothold. Um, so, you know, we see our enemy all in here, and then there's, this, there's this, this, this really important and powerful instruction that we are to not give the devil a foothold. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that we see going on, and, and it's exciting, uh, is, is the Lord stirring and moving in the lives of our children and, and in the lives of our youth and, and, and calling and, and speaking and raising up and pinpointing for them, uh, not only that they're called and chosen, but starting to even pinpoint for them what their giftings are and what they're called uh, to and, 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 to, and, and, and to see the Lord uh, moving uh, within the church. And we so need this in our nation 
And, and I still believe that, you know, the reason I say that a lot is, is that we still need this in our nation. It's because I still believe that America is incredibly important to what God wants to do in the world. That the world still needs America. That we're still the, the, the sending nation that is, that, you know, see here God's raising up Lauren to go. And, and where's she coming from? America. We're still the sending nation, sending the gospel around the world. Why do you think the enemy like, has a bullseye on us and is so intentional in, in coming after us? And, and so the world needs America and America needs the church. And we see God moving and, and, and stirring within the body of Christ. And when we see that, we've got to be careful here not to give the devil a foothold. Because what all the devil kind of is looking for is just, you know, boom, just get my foot in the, in the door. You know, or if I can just land my foot on a, on a spot of ground that is a person. And because he's going to have to work through that, right? Work, work through people. So we all want to be incredibly careful not to give our enemy a foothold. Because the enemy doesn't want the gospel to go around the world. He doesn't want America to, to be the nation that trusts in God and proclaims the gospel of Jesus' name to the nations of the world. He wants us to be a divided nation. Seems like he's being a little successful at it, doesn't it? And he wants, he wants us to be a divided church, and he wants to divide the family, and he wants you, the individual, to be a divided you. You can see like this division in, in, in so many people where they, where they recognize the call of God and the goodness of God and yet there's such a still a longing and a desiring for the things of this world and there's this division and this tension that wars within them. The, the enemy wants to divide and so he tries to just get a foot in there, just get a foothold uh, somewhere and we are to not give the devil a foothold. Now, as we move on into Ephesians chapter 5, I think we get a powerful help and instruction uh, into how to not allow the enemy to get a foothold in our lives. We've got to be uh, on guard. We've got to be watchful. Uh, we've got to be careful. So Ephesians 5 uh, verse 15 says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Well, why? Why? Because you know the Lord is moving, and He is working, and we need Him too. But but there's also the enemy who would desire to just get a foot in, just get a foothold in, and he's clever, witty, deceptive, and can and 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 looks for every opportunity to do this. So we've got to be we've got to be on guard and careful how we live so that we're living in such a way as to not give the enemy any ground. I think sometimes we think that, that you know, we, can, we can give him a little here and there. You know, I mean, I mean why, should, why should I have to be wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord? Why can't I have a little space here and there leased out to the devil? Right? We, can't, we, cannot, we can't give the enemy any any foothold because from that ground he develops strongholds and wages war on all the rest of our, of our real estate. 
so to speak. So be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, uh, but as wise. We, we don't want to be unwise, we want to be wise. And, and, we, and we have to be, otherwise we can give the enemy a foothold. Uh, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You know, I, I think if we have some wisdom about us, we can see uh, that the days are evil and that the enemy is at work. Uh, but so is the Lord and His church. And how many of you know that, uh, that uh, uh, you know, I love the book of Romans too. Uh, Tanner, praise the Lord. I'm so excited. When he came to me and said he's reading Romans and loving it, I'm like, yeah. Woo! Praise Jesus. Mason, you go ahead and do it too, man. But Romans 5 says that, that when sin increases, grace increases all the more. Though the days are evil, but God is on the move and His grace is sufficient. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. This is such an important uh, revelation here to us about wisdom and, and foolishness that, th- that the wise understand and are, and are striving to understand the will of God, and, and it's foolish when we don't care about this. When we don't care about God's will, that's, that's kind of the, you know, if you wanted just the definition of the fool, is he doesn't care about God's will. But, but those who are wise, they are they are gaining understanding of the will of the Lord, and it is their desire to know the will of God. The definition that my dad gave me for wisdom uh, when I was a kid uh, was, a, you, you wonder why I'm a wisdom preacher. It's because my dad's a wisdom preacher. Um, you know, and, and the, uh, the Bible says that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Does it say that? No. But that's a good saying, though, isn't it? Um. Wisdom is, wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. It's recognizing the will of God and, and making that my path. It's desiring to live and know, to live how God would have me live and know what God would want me to know and speak how God would want me to speak. You know, wisdom uh, is, is longing for an understanding of God's will and desiring to live in uh, God's will. The, the foolish abandon that. Uh, so then verse 18 gives us this help on understanding the will of God, knowing the will of God, living in the will of God. And, and, and it's a lifelong process. Right? God doesn't bombard us with everything right now. His will, all of it laid on us right now. We couldn't handle it. But He shows it to us as we need it. And as we obey and walk in the will of God, He orders our steps. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord, and He delights in our way. And we delight in it too when we're walking in the will of God. So so verse 18 says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we can, uh, Scott, if you go back to that just a second there. Uh, so, so um, So we see that we can be filled with all kinds of things that, that lead to debauchery and not to the will of God. You know, one of them is, is drunk on wine. You know, that's why, that's why you don't want to, you know, do that or drugs or anything like that because it influences our flesh to say yes to the sinful nature. That's what debauchery is. It's, it's giving in to the lusts of the flesh. We don't want to do that. Instead, we want to be filled with the Spirit because when we're full of the Spirit, the Spirit is going to work in our lives in accordance with the will of God. 
when I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in agreement with the will of God. The Holy Spirit's going to lead me in what God's will is for my life because the Holy Spirit knows. Knows who I am, you know, searches the deep things of my heart, and also knows the will of God and is able to line me up with God's will for my life. So we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I, I know this seems like, like clearly obvious and maybe, uh, maybe doesn't even need to be said, but I'm saying it anyway, that if we want to be Spirit-led, then we've got to be Spirit-filled. If we want to be, it's like a, I don't know where Greg went, but that's like one of the Colonel Greg drops right there, just boom. He was preaching at lead and just saying these things and dropping the mic, you know, and I was like, I was just writing them down as fast as I could. If we want, seems so simple, doesn't it? We want to be spirit-led, we've got to be spirit-filled. If we're filled with all kinds of other things and we wonder why we're not being spirit-led, it's because we're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. So if we're going to be spirit-led, we've got to be spirit-filled. Let me read to you Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2 verse 1, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to try to wrap this up here so we, so we can pray. Um, but I mean, I, you know, I like being at church. I like being together with you. Uh, verse 1 as, as for you, see this is kind of that speaking to you part of Ephesians right here. You were dead in your transgressions and sins because that's what sin does, right? The wages of sin is death. It's the gift of God that is eternal life. Again, Romans, you know? Hallelujah. In which you used to live and when you, fo- when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. See, here's a, here's a mentioning of our enemy again. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So the enemy's uh, working in the world uh, and, and at work in those who are disobedient. Uh, verse 3. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh or sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Right uh, Again, Romans. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have. We're all a mess without Jesus. Uh, we've all fallen short of it. We have all uh, sinned. We all at one time lived according to the, uh, to the desires of the flesh and followed its desires and thoughts. We were being influenced by the spirit of this world, of our enemy, uh, and following the, our fleshly desires and thoughts. Like, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Now, this, this deserving of wrath uh, right here, I think is, it's a good uh, translation uh, but if you, if you read like an older NIV translation or King James or something like that, it would change that deserving to object of wrath or, or vessel of, of wrath. So I think both of those are good and maybe speak, uh, when you add both of those in there, you really get a clear picture of what's being said here. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. So because we were objects of wrath, we were deserving of wrath. So, so outside of Christ... Uh, you know, living according to our flesh, uh, sinful nature, you know, we were vessels, objects, full of wrath, deserving of wrath because we were filled with wrath. Um, but now in Christ Jesus, 
we should not be vessels full of wrath, but vessels filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? It's, it's 2 Corinthians 4. It says, you remember that we, that we hold this treasure in jars of clay? That we're now vessel, vessels, jars of clay, that are holding the treasure of, of Christ in us, filled with the Holy Spirit. That is why we hold this treasure in jars of clay. That is why we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Because we're not vessels of wrath. We're vessels of life. Not filled with the things of this world, but full of the Holy Spirit. So, so let me just give you three things not to be filled with. Instead, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and if, we, if we rid these things from our lives, it's going to help us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, chances are we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, probably going to be led by the Holy Spirit. If I fill myself with other things, then I'm, you know, then is there, is there room for the Holy Spirit to, to fill me and and to lead me. Yeah, because not only do these things fill us, but they, they're noisy. They're loud so that we can't hear the leading of the Spirit. Okay, three things real quick. I know, I know it's 12.01. Is that right? It's 12.02. Yeah, there we go. Okay, don't be filled with self. Pride, uh, so dangerous, so destructive. Selfishness, so dangerous, uh, so, so destructive. So don't, don't be full of yourself. This leads to so many problems, and it's, it's deceptive and hard to uh, identify. Uh, Romans 12, verse 3, you can write this down if you're, if you're doing that, or, or if you're not, you can just file it in to your memory. To your memory. This, is a, this is such an important, powerful verse. It, it says to us, to, uh, oh, Scott flashed up there. Scott is awesome. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. It's such an important passage of Scripture. We really get ourselves into trouble when we are thinking of ourselves more than we ought and more highly uh, than we ought. So, so don't, be filled, uh, don't be filled with selfishness. Don't be filled with uh, yourself. Uh, and uh, a good way to identify that is, is am I always thinking about myself is it always about me? Am I always talking about uh, me? Am I always worried about me? Uh, am I worried about what everybody else is thinking about me? Um, you know, most of the time I've found out that nobody's really thinking about me. <laughs> most everybody's thinking of themselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm like worried about what other people are thinking about me, and they're not. They're not. They're not after me. They're not out to get me. You know, they're not thinking about me. Um, so, so don't, be, don't be filled with yourself, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will take care of you. Uh, number two, uh, don't, be, don't be filled with bitterness. Um, this is Ephesians 4, uh, 31. Uh, bitterness is so loud. It's very difficult to, to hear from the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we, can't be, we can't be filled with it. We've got to be rid of it. Get rid of it of some bitterness. Don't you love the word all? 
Isn't it powerful? What does it say? Get rid of all. Get rid of all bitterness. Don't, don't be full of it. Don't hang on to it. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. So we're getting rid of these things. We're, we're laying them down. And, and, and the good thing is, is that, uh, is that uh, we can do this because we have the help of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives. Uh, so, so don't be bitter. Uh, get rid of bitterness. And then thirdly, uh, it, we see it right here again. Uh, don't, don't be full of slander. Um, so, so those are the only three I'm going to give you this morning. Don't be, don't be filled with yourself. Don't be full of bitterness. And, and don't be filled uh, with, uh, with slander. Uh, that's so, so important and so, so powerful uh, that we be, instead of being filled with slander, that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I've, just, I've never had the Spirit lead me to slander someone. You know, to, to speak ill of them or evil over them or uh, false or wrong about them. You know, I've never had the Holy Spirit lead me to, to go and gossip. I've had many, many times the Holy Spirit lead me to not cut it off. You know, I'd, I'd step up, you know, I'm going to say something right here and I want to say it. And then, and then the Holy Spirit would not be like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to say it. You know, and then you'll have people try to pull it out of you. What? What are you going to say? Tell me. Tell me. I'm like, no, if the Holy Spirit told me not to, then don't try to pull it out of me. Get thee behind me, Satan. You know what I'm saying? Don't be, don't be filled with slander. Be full of the Holy Spirit. And, and you'll find if, if, we are, if we're not full of self and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're not uh, filled with bitterness but filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're not filled with slander but full of the Holy Spirit, you'll find that we, we really give the devil very little ground to stand on. We've almost cut off his feet so that he can't get a foothold anywhere. And not only, not only in our lives, but in our, in our family relationships. In my family, if, if, there's, if there's not self and I'm serving, and there's not bitterness and I'm forgiving, and there's not slander but there's blessing, then I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and the enemy is not able to work through my life to divide in my family. And the same is in the church family. If, if you kind of refuse to be selfish but to serve, and you, you refuse to be bitter but to forgive, and you refuse to slander but to bless, you, you are not going to be a vessel that the enemy works through. You're not going to be an object of wrath. You're going to be a jar of clay filled with the Holy Spirit and you're not going to give the devil a foothold so that, so that he's, if he's moving and working, it's not going to be through you. You are going to be a blessing and work to bring unity. And when we're together as the church and as the family, then we're blessed, the church is blessed, the world is blessed because of us, filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit. If we're going to be, let's not be filled with all this other stuff. Uh, and, we, and we like cut off the devil's feet. So just in the, just in the last couple of days, um, the Lord has shown us how to shut his mouth and cut off his feet. Hallelujah. 
so that we can live in some victory and see victory come to others. Maybe in the process, we'll snatch a few from the flames and lives will be changed and transformed and saved. Amen. Stand with me, would you? I'm just going to invite down to the front. I'm going to ask all of our children and youth to come and then just invite anyone else who would like to. And if you'd not like to even do that, then, uh, then at least just stretch out your hand. Just come on in. I'm going to stay back up here. I'm going to try to back up to the no spit zone. Just come right on in here. Now all the parents and adults in the room, stretch out your hands here toward these children. Henry, you should come up here with us, buddy. If you're going to testify, you've got to be up front. Mm. Sarah, you should come too. Ansley, come on up here with us. Hayes. Anybody else gonna make you call call me call, make me call you out? Mm. Tanner, come on. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just stretch out our hands. You guys just reach out and lay hands on each other. Just lay hands on each other. Let's pray together. Amen. I know the Bible doesn't say this, but I believe it. Family that prays together stays together. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we are thankful for your move. We're thankful for all that you're doing. We're thankful for these young leaders that you are raising up. Thank you for the courage and boldness that they have to step out and testify. Thank you for their desire to live for your glory and for your honor. We pray, Lord, that you'd stir and spark revival, not only in these young people, but all the young people that have spread out from camp. And Lord, that it would stir and spark something in every church. Lord, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us to, to have the wisdom to not give the devil any foothold, to not give him any ground, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we are easily led by the Spirit. And Lord, I pray not only for each and every one of these children and young people, but for all of us adults, that we would be a people who rid ourselves of anything that would give the enemy a foothold and completely empty ourselves so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and that we would be a people led by the Spirit. Lead our speaking, lead our thinking, lead our actions. Let us live in the wisdom of God and lay down every foolish thing. For those who aren't even in this room, Lord, who are holding on to foolish things, I pray that you'd speak to them now to lay them down. I've just been so reminded lately, Lord, of, of your ability to do things not even where we are. And to reach people that, that aren't even expecting you to reach them. And I pray that you'd go, Lord, and lay down every foolish thing 
so that everyone who's supposed to be connected can be connected. Everyone who is supposed to be filled with the Spirit and being Spirit-led and revived and on fire and shining the light of Christ would. Lord, this good thing that you've begun, watch over it and guard it and protect it. Every seed that you have planted, watch over it, guard it, farm it. Give it everything it needs so that it gets root and grows into the life-giving, fruitful tree that you want it to be. Bring your blessing, bring your guidance, bring your help, bring your protection. Cut off the enemy's feet and shut his mouth so that he has no ground and he has no voice and we can clearly hear the Holy Spirit leading. Let us be a people who are led by the Spirit, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Yes. God bless you. See you guys Wednesday night. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Joy. Lauren, could you come up here? Right here. You're dismissed if you need to be. Uh, if you If you... If you don't need to be, then stretch out a hand here towards Lauren. Come and lay your hands uh, on on Lauren. We've watched Lauren grow up. Uh, many of us have, Joy and I certainly, uh, and uh, and have always been excited about what the Lord's going to do with this young lady's life. And here she is following the the call of God to to go and serve. And Lord, we thank you for this. And we pray your protection over her and thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh and that you will provide and meet every need. We thank you that you are the mighty warrior and that you go before us and bring about the victory. We just pray that you'd be round about her as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, that you'd give her every blessing, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. We pray your, uh, your wisdom to her. Uh, that she would be powerfully filled with the Holy Spirit, and that she would know that, that in every situation that she faces, that you are with her to give her the wisdom she needs, the discernment that she needs, the word that she needs, uh, even, even the miraculous power that she may need as a gift of the, of the Holy Spirit. Lord, just bring your blessing upon Lauren uh, in, in every way uh, that she needs it. And Lord, I pray... Uh, that uh, that we would see you do immeasurably more, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine or think according to your great power that is at work uh, in Lauren's life and that it would all bring you glory forever and ever and ever. We pray in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. God bless you. See you young people on Wednesday night. Hope to see all of you online uh, Wednesday night and see you all back here next Sunday. God bless.